trouble of the world, trouble of the world, the trouble of the world. Soon I will be done with the trouble of the world, going home to live with God. No more weeping and a wailing, no I'm going to live with God by and by when the morning comes all the saints of God are gathering home we will tell the story how we've overcome and we'll understand it better by and by, by and by. Oh, by and by, when the morning comes, all the saints of God are gathering home. We will tell the story how we've overcome and we'll understand it better by and by, by and by. I've got a robe, you've got a robe, all of God's children got a robe. When I get to heaven, gonna put on my robe, I'm gonna shout all over God's heaven, heaven. Everybody talking about heaven ain't going there, heaven. Heaven, I'm gonna shout all over God's heaven. I got a crown, you got a crown, all of God's children got a crown. When I get to heaven, gonna put on my crown, I'm gonna walk all over God's heaven. Heaven, I'm gonna walk all over God's heaven. I got shoes, you got shoes, all of God's children got shoes. When I get to heaven, gonna put on my shoes, I'm gonna walk all over God's heaven. Heaven, I'm gonna walk all over God's heaven. Everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. Heaven, heaven, I'm gonna walk all over God's heaven. I can't let nobody turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. I'm gonna keep on walking, keep on talking, marching to the freedom land. Ain't gonna let no hatred turn me around, turn me around. Turn me around, I can't let injustice turn me around. I'm gonna keep on a walking, keep on a talking, marching to the freedom land. I ain't gonna let no president turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. I ain't gonna let no preacher turn me around. I'm gonna keep on a walking, keep on a talking. Keep on a singing, I keep on a praying, I keep on a loving, I keep on a loving. 
keep on a loving, keep on a loving, marching to the freedom land. This is a time when my chest comes out and I say, that is my wife. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Wolabi. Uh, before I start with my sermon today, I want you to give me about a few minutes. We all need to like it to And because it's like it to we are going through it different. And one of the things we are doing is showing that we are proud blacks. Amen. <laughs> we are immigrants. And sometimes as immigrants, we don't realize the troubles that the people before us have seen. So before I start my summer, I'm going to speak for just for about a few minutes and let's talk about Black History Month. I love old Negro spiritual. Um, I really love it. Every time I hear it, it goes deep down because of the struggles of the people that were here before us. But as immigrants, we don't really understand those struggles. Uh, earlier in the week, somebody sent me an, a, a video of, uh, on YouTube. And this guy, uh, an African-American, was really angry with immigrants. He said, because we come here, we sit on our aisles, live in our big houses, drive our nice cars, and we look down on African-Americans. And they are angry because we are doing that because of the struggles of their fathers. And we never take the time to learn those struggles. And it behooves us to look down on anyone I don't know whether any of you have seen the movie, The Green Book. I didn't see that, I saw the preview. But I didn't know, I thought it was just a movie. So what I did was, I learned after reading a few articles that it was actually a book. Now this book is what the blacks, African Americans used in the 50s and 60s. And they need that book when they're traveling cross country and what you have to do is that book tells them exactly where to stop, where to eat, where they can sleep in that mouth. So that they cannot So that they are not lynched, they are not attacked, and they are not harassed. So that's the green book. So each African American family has that book every time they are on the road. Do we have that today? I can get on the road and drive, drive all the way to Chicago. 
sleep in the hotel I want to sleep in. Eat anywhere I want to eat in. Not because of my doing, because of the people that were here before me. So as African, as immigrants, let us appreciate what those people have done before us. Some years ago, it's been a while, my wife and I went on vacation to Washington, D.C. And while we were there, we had the opportunity to visit the National African American Museum. And while we were walking through that museum, I don't know who built the wax figures there, but it was so realistic. The pain on the faces of those people, what they did was build a community of the way things look in the South in the 50s and 60s. You can see the pain on their faces. And I felt that pain because that is what they went through. And here I am that day walking among whites, walking close to the White House. You know, but those people that paved the way for us are those people I was seeing in that museum that day. If you ever go to Washington, D.C., I know you want to stop at the LNG White Museum. Please, go to the African American Museum. Let us connect with everything going on. And lastly, every time we come to church, we say, come sit in the front. Some people sacrifice to sit in the front, the Rosa Park of this world. Yeah, we come to church, we want to sit in the back. People sacrifice so that we don't have to sit in the back. Let us use that opportunity. Let's sit in the front. Let us come closer. Because everywhere we go to, we always want to sit in the back. Don't let us do that. Sacrifice was made so that people can do that. So before I go in, I'm very appreciative of the old Negro spiritual, which, once I said, it's very dear to me. I enjoy it a lot. And I'm praying that as immigrants, that we don't come to this country and leave back home without knowing something about the African-American history. It is very key. And you wonder why I came down here? As I preach today, you will understand why I did not want to say that from the pulpit this morning. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessings today. Especially, I want to pray for the children ministry team who are right now in Kahara. I pray, Father, that while they are there, Father, you watch over them. And as I speak today, Father, please speak through me. I'm not worthy to stand before you today, but you have given me the opportunity to speak, and you know my testimony. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted to you today, Father, in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to say thank you to Sister Olabi once again for that song. I also want to acknowledge my boys. I really get to see them, and they're here to support their daddy. So I thank Chris and Jonathan. Also, we have Jackie here who is the going to be the new addition to the Olabi family. She just got in from Florida, so we thank, thank you, Jackie, for also being here today. And as I go into this this morning, I pray 
that uh, you'll bear with me. I'm not a preacher, but I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I, and, and some of you know the story of me loving the Lord. It all stems from my lovely wife. And I give all the credit because I'm who I am today because of the strength that she has in the Lord. When we met, I was going to flip her. I don't know whether you guys know what flipping is. I was in the Lord. She was. And so when we started dating, of an evenly yoke, that's what he called us. My idea was I was going to turn her into who I am, but she turned me to who she is. So I thank God for her strength and how she's always been supportive of her family and everything that she has done. My topic this morning says, Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. And I thank you, Prince, for reading eloquently this morning, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. It said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And what is that telling us this morning? That we report to an higher being, and we need to try and get that right. The expression, thus says the Lord, is used over hundreds of times in the Bible. Additionally, there are many similar expressions used, such as, it is written, or the word of the Lord came unto me, or I, the Lord, have spoken it. It's calling attention to specific statements, messages, and lessons from God. It is as though the prophet or other spokesman is telling us, now, hear this. What I'm going to say to you is not merely my opinion or of my own wisdom, but thus says the Lord. It is God speaking. These are his words. This is a wonderful expression and full of meaning for Bible students. We have a reverence for God's word, and it thus says the word is the end of all controversy with us. It seems so very simple, doesn't it? All we have to do is prove everything by the word of God. All we have to do is accept what is in harmony with our word and reject which is not. But it is not as simple as it seems. If it were, everyone will understand the truth. And there will be no false doctrines. But we do know there are false doctrines. And I'm going to mention four different people in recent times. I don't know anybody know Lois Roden. Lois Roden was, a, was the president of the Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Church, an apocalyptic Christian group which her husband founded. Her husband's name is Benjamin Roden. The sect began in Texas in 1955 as a secession from the Shepherd's Rod movement. And this was led by Victor Oftev, itself from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, does anybody know anything about the Shepherd's Rock? I do. I had an experience with them when we were in Chicago. He's coming and purposely create havoc there. They will create confusion. They want to recruit some of our members. They have their own mindset on what they want to do and what they don't want to do. You see, but we have to be very careful because they think they are the called upon from God. So that is the reason we have to be very careful. The second group I'm talking about now is David Koresh. I'm sure if you were here in the 90s, you know about David Koresh. 
David Koresh gained local control of the branch Davidian cult, which his followers flocking around him convinced his word was the truth and he was the real prophet. In 1993, Koresh and more than 80 of his followers were killed when the ATF, I think it's ATF, uh, stormed the, the compound. Now, David Koresh is another person that when he was speaking, it wasn't Thor says the Lord, it was Thor says David Koresh. People followed him, flocked around him. They didn't study the word by themselves. And that is scary enough. And recently, in 1997, Marshall Applewhite Jr. This guy was from California. And this guy, he was an American cult leader who found that what became known as the Evans Gate religious group and organized a mass suicide in 1997, claiming the lives of 39 of his members. Once again, they were following man, not God. And this is the most notorious of them all, Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones was at his own mansion in hell because there is no way someone like that should have been able to get away with what he did, but he did. He was best known as the cult leader of the People's Temple who led more than 900 followers of mass, on a mass suicide via cyanide-laced punch known as Jonestown Massacre. This is in Guyana. And there are many more that we don't even know or we've heard of before. And each one claimed to rest upon the word of the God. For every false doctrine, many of which are idiots and in the extreme, there's a purported thought says the Lord. You see, most of these guys, that's what they say. They always think they're doing what they want to do. In the Old Testament alone, there are at least 600 times that the phrase Thus says the Lord is altered. We find this phrase ordered in Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Joshua, Jeremiah, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, Nahum, all the way to Malachi. And I want to look at the importance of this word, Thus says the Lord. We are going to be opening our Bibles this morning because if I'm going to be speaking about Thus says the Lord, I don't want you to listen to my opinion. I want to listen to the word of God. In Exodus 7.17, if you can open your Bible to Exodus 7.17, this is the period when Moses and Aaron were asking Pharaoh to let the Israelites leave Egypt. Exodus 7.17 says, Thus says the Lord, In this you shall know and recognize and understand that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod in my hand and waters in the Nile River, and they shall be turned to blood. Now, let's think about Moses when they met with Pharaoh. Moses could have gone in there and said, let my people go. I'm here to take the Israelites out of Egypt and different things. But Moses started with, thus says the Lord. So that means I'm not the one asking you to let my people, these people go. I'm asking you because the Lord asked me to ask, tell you that it's coming from the Lord. Not my wisdom, but his wisdom that you need to let these people go. If you don't let them go, there's always a consequence to be paid. When we say this word, what comes to mind? Someone with authority on the subject. See, in the corporate world, it is called subject matter expert. 
SME. And these are people that are regarded as experts in their field. In our everyday life, we tend to misuse words. A couple of weeks ago, we were in a Sabbath school class. And there was one word that the teacher asked us, what is the difference between these two words? And all of us was just mumbling back and forth on different things. Couldn't really specify what it is. So what I did was, I took the opportunity to research the difference between expert and authority. An expert is someone who has studied the subject inside and out, and who has worked with that subject or in that field for a very long time until they became very knowledgeable. But now listen to authority. An authority, however, is where you write your information targeting an audience that already has a certain trust relationship built up with you on a particular subject. Authority is the power to enforce rules or give orders. And brethren, that subject is the word of God and can only be found in the book of the Bible. Now, why is that a prophet and servant of God will speak these words? Because this shows that they had authority to speak God's word. This authority was not based on their ability to speak, but was based on the fact that God had spoken to them and had given them the authority to lay to the people what they needed to hear. That is why Old Testament prophets would preface their message God gave to them to speak as thus says the Lord. The old T prophets gave thus says the Lord when they would speak, and I believe our pastors today, and I believe our preachers today, needs to preface their message with thus says the Lord. Not I'm saying or I'm doing. We have various denominations quoting more men and women than the Bible. Their writings and preaching contain less and less scripture and more and more opinions. In most sermons and writings, all we ever hear about is someone entolling about what this brother did 10, 15, 20 years ago. Or what the brother did. Frankly, it does not matter to me what their brother did 15 years ago. What it matters is if it does not line up with thus says the Lord, man's opinion is just that, an opinion. When we talk about opinion, I don't know about you, but I have to confess something to you this morning. I'm a news junkie. I'm a news junkie because in the morning, I read AJC. And I read, uh, uh, there are two different things. I read AJC and I read USA Today in the morning. Now, this is after my devotion, so don't say the whole I read before that. After my devotion, I read those newspapers. In the afternoon, I will read MSN. I will read uh, AOL. This is online. You know, I will read those. In the evening when I get home, I turn to CNN, MSNBC. And don't get me started on election week. Election week is the worst. I will be jumping from each news program, listening to all the pundits talk, giving the opinions. And we know that, and those people are supposed to be experts in their field. And we know it's the opinion they are giving because if the opinion matters, if the opinion was right, number 45 will not be in office today. Because they kept on telling us that there is no way 45 will be, will be elected. What he did. So that is the difference when you have experts and authority. They didn't have the authority, they only have the opinion. And sometimes we listen to them. And so when I speak to people, I'm basing my knowledge on what their opinion is, not my opinion. So when pastors come up here, 
Let us let them know that we don't want the opinion. We want thoughts, says the Lord, what the Lord says to us. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying do not read, but know that only the Bible gives you the word thoughts, says the Lord. You see, personally, I love reading and listening to the works of Tony Evans, T.D. Jake, Frederick Price, Joel Austin, G.R. Graves, Charles Spurgeon, and others of years gone by. However, no matter how much I love and I respect these brethren that I've mentioned, I still do not hold them in the same regard as God's holy word. It seems anytime there is a controversy that comes up, men run to their libraries and dust up some old books that have something in them to prove their point, while the Bible they are preaching from is never consulted. If what they or I say does not line up with scripture, then it is wrong. It does not matter how many degrees they have behind their names or how many books or articles they have written. If it is not backed by thoughts, says the word, it's of no consequence to me, and it shouldn't be any consequence to you. As Adventists, we read a lot of E.G. White books, but in E.G. White's basic rules of interpretation, internal, slideshow, and external, she wrote these words of the Bible, and the Bible alone should be out from the pulpit. Let me repeat that. She wrote that the words of the Bible and the Bible alone should be out from the pulpit. That was the reason why, when I was going to talk about the Black History Month, I decided to step down there. This is a sacred ground. It is a reverence place. We need to respect it because when you come up here to speak, you shouldn't be giving your opinion. You should be saying, thoughts, says the Lord. So we have to be very careful when we do these things. In talking to seven Adventist evangelists, Ellen G. White wrote, in public labor, do not make prominent, unquote, that which Sister White has written. The testimonies of Sister White should not be carried to the front. God's word is the unhearing standard. Do these statements prohibit ministers from quoting the writings of Ellen White publicly, especially in a church service? The false quotation speaks to the Christian world generally, comparing an imaginary religion a religion of words and forms with the words of the Bible and the Bible alone. The whole page is emphasizing that those who have not had only tradition and human theories should hear the voice of him who can renew the soul into eternal life. Adventist evangelists should prove their doctrines from the Bible, not from the writings of Mrs. White. The second reason for this caution is obvious. Those who are not acquainted with Ellen G. White's work will not be persuaded by her statements and might react negatively. The purpose of what we're doing is to draw people closer to God. Amen. If anything that we are saying or we are doing will change their mind, will make them run away from God, then we're not doing it right. But if we speak the word from the Bible, I am sure that they will listen. The fact of the matter is that God speaks in different ways at different times. Here are some of the ways that Lord speaks according to scripture. He speaks in visions, dreams, preaching, and the Holy Bible. According to scripture, the scripture is the surest word of prophecy and the revelation from God. Turn to pay, uh, Bible, 2 Peter 1, 16 through 21. 2 Peter 1, 16 through 21.
It says 16 says, for we do not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ in power, but we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God, the Father, when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves are this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it. As so light shining in the dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though humans, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, that is the Holy Bible. It is the only authority when it comes to the word the Lord has said and not said. Open your Bible also to Isaiah 8, 19, 20. And we will see what the, that, that passage says about the Holy Bible being the final authority. Isaiah 8, 19, and 20. Nineteen says, when someone tells you to consult mediums and spirits who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning, if anyone does not speak, according to his word, we have no light of dawn. Now, let me ask you this question today. The devil wants you to question God's word, right? The devil wants you to believe a lie. If that is the case, don't you think it will attack the written word of God since it is the surest word of prophecy anybody can get his or hands on? Don't you think the devil will corrupt and pervert the written word of God? God didn't say something when he really did. But what, that is exactly what happened to the followers of David Koresh and Jimmy Jones. They were following man and not God. And in their mind, they thought they were following God. Instead of believing, thus says the Lord, they believe their leaders. God will not ask you to drink cyanide-laced Kool-Aid or abuse others. Only the devil will ask you to do that. And one thing is, how will he accomplish this and get us all into a state of confusion? The devil wants to add to the word. He wants to delete from the word. He wants to alter the word. He wants to water down the word. You see, that's the only way he can get us to do things against God's will. Because if we study the Bible the way it's supposed to be studied, we won't get lost. But then it will bring things into our mind in which will tell us, you know, water it down. We say things, we, we, we try to conjure things in our mind that is not true. So we have to be extra very careful. If you say the devil wouldn't do that, well, someone must be, because God warns us against this, that people and someone will be doing that. Please open your Bible to Deuteronomy 4.2. Deuteronomy 4.2 says, Do not add to what I command you, and you do not subtract from it. But keep the command of the Lord your God that I give you. That's what the Bible says. 
So God knows that the devil will try to dilute the word. What we have to do in our case is not listen to him. It's not let him take over our lives. We have to study the word consciously. And when we let the devil take over, let him, when we listen to diluted words, what happens? There's always a consequence that we have to pay. Revelations 22, 89 tells us what the consequence is. Because the Bible tells us what happens if changes are made to his word. It says, 18 says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. May that not be our portion. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. That is big words. And out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. If anyone shall preach unto you anything but a thought, says the world, Lord, no matter what a character or standing, give no heed to him, but cleave unto the truth as it is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. To the law and to the testimony, if we speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in us. We can listen to the opinions of great men with the respect which they deserve as men. But having so done so, we deny that we have anything to do with these men as authorities in the church of God. For there is nothing as any authority but thus says the word, the Lord of hosts. Earlier in my sermon, I mentioned that thus says the Lord is used over hundreds of times in the Bible. Brethren, whatever you're struggling with today, whether it's about creation, if you go to Genesis 1.1, Lord spoke about creation there. If you are struggling about capital punishment, God spoke about that in Genesis 9.6. If, if you are struggling about child rearing, our child training also, God has spoken in Proverbs 22.15. What about submissive wives? God has spoken in that in Ephesians 5.22. What about honoring parents? God spoke about that in Deuteronomy 27, 16. What about anger? God has spoken in Proverbs 16, 32. What about the basis of marriage? God has spoken in Proverbs 31, 30. What about baptism? God has spoken in Acts 8, 3, 37 and John 3, 23. And there are a lot of million more that you should learn to condemn from scripture. In conclusion, Jeremiah 39, 18 says, because you trusted me, I will give your life as your reward. I will rescue you and keep you safe. I, the Lord, have spoken. We should oppose any attempt to compromise or dilute Bible authority. Are you politically correct? Are you spiritually correct? Or are you socially correct? Or are you all three? But you cannot be all three because they are mutually exclusive. You should be spiritually correct in everything that you do. So we have to be very careful in all our doings, in all our readings. In my message today, I'm not saying do not read. But the word of the God, the word of the Bible is the authority in everything. Do not let the devil dilute what you are reading. Do not let the devil add or delete or anyone. 
we have to remain focused. This is a battle. We cannot relax. Because if we relax, we're going to get lost. We have to be very careful on who we listen to or who we put on pedestals. Only Christ should be put on a pedestal. Man will fall and man will lie. But only Jesus Christ will remain true to his word. May the Lord have mercy on each and every one of us. Our gracious and our Father, we want to thank you for the gift of the Bible and for using your man's servant to remind us that thou says the Lord is the only authority in the church. Father God, we pray that you, we take this message home and apply it in our life and use it against false doctrine that is circulating around the world today, Lord. Father Lord, we thank you for everyone that attended the church today. And also remember those that did not make it to church today. Father, please forgive us our sins. Even as we press on, Lord, we have challenges here and there and distraction. And may that not be our portion in Jesus' name. Father, we commit Naka unto you. You know where we are going. We've been reminded that the only truth is Jesus Christ. The only hope we have is Jesus Christ. Even at this moment, Father, hear our prayers in Jesus' name. Now as we leave, Lord, please abide with us on the high and byways. Take us safely to our various homes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.